you for visiting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We pray the following message will be encouraging to you. Listen in as we start taking away the layers of religion and discover the joys of a relationship with the Creator. Ready, but let's just... God, we just thank you, Lord God, that your word is already anointed. We thank you that your word already carries with it the anointing that breaks the yoke, Lord. And so, Father, we just ask, I, I ask that I would be able to get out of your way, that that anointing would break the yoke in every place that it needs to today. We ask this and believe it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Let me give you one, uh, one quick, no, never mind, we'll leave that announcement for next week. God is doing awesome things. I want you to focus, if we just kill all these lights for a minute, I want you to, to, to just take a look at this video real quick as we start.
Amen. Amen. That verse says, His way is in the whirlwind and the storm. God's way is in the whirlwind and the storm. For some of you, that's all the message you needed this morning. God bless you. You can leave. The rest of you got to stick it out with me for a little bit. But I want to talk to you about some storms today. See, there's some storms that we experience that we just know that we're going to come out of this thing. We know that this storm is not that serious. It's a storm that we're going to see the end of. And we know that we're going to get through it. And we know that we're going to come out stronger, right? Everybody know those kind of storms? Then there's some storms that we run into in, on purpose. A lot of us know those storms, right? Those are the storms we know we shouldn't do this. We know we shouldn't be, be in this mess. We know we shouldn't be going through this. We know, but we run into those storms on purpose. And some of those storms are storms that hit us, and we know why they hit us. We're in there on purpose. We, we sort it out. There's some storms in our life that take us completely by surprise. Right? You ever been just heading someplace and, and you're dressed in white maybe? You got your white shoes on. You, you didn't expect nothing. The forecast didn't say anything. But boom, out of nowhere, unexpectedly, you are caught in a storm. Anybody been in those kind of storms? There are some storms, family, that we will never understand this side of heaven. Amen? Say amen if you understand that one. There's just some storms we are never going to understand why, how, because, porque, I don't know. There's some storms we're just never going to understand this side of heaven. But I got to tell you, I have lived long enough and I've had enough experience to see that wherever there's a whirlwind or a storm, even if it's my fault, even if it's something I, I, I sought out myself, or even if it's a storm that the enemy has brought up against me, even if it's a storm where, where the adversary has come against me and he's given me everything that he has, no matter what kind of storm, I've, I've had enough experience now to tell you that God has command of it, that God has control of it, that God will make his way through it, that God goes on his way in it, and that he will serve his own purposes by it. None of you believe that, I guess. There's two or three of you that have experienced that, and you know that God will have his way. See, the Word of God says, we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him. That's in Romans 8, 28. We know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him. So, you see, whatever else is working against us, whatever else is, is, is coming against us, whatever else is rising against us, God works for the good of those who love Him. Amen. Here's my quote this morning. Life isn't about waiting for the storm to pass. It's about learning how to dance in the rain. Come on. It's about learning how to dance in the rain. 
So I want to take a look at two different kind of storms in the Word of God this morning in a message titled, Dancing in the Rain. I knew Melissa would be excited about that one. If you have your Bibles, turn to, turn to Mark chapter 4. And we're going to read about a storm there in Mark chapter 4. This is the part of the service where you look down and make believe you brought a Bible with you. Mark chapter 4, starting in verse 35, it reads like this. Jesus says to them, you got to listen to every word in this message because every word is important in this little passage. So listen, Jesus says to them, let us cross over to the other side, period. Now, when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was, and other little boats were also with him. Thank you. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat unto the boat so that it was filling. But he was in the stern asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him. So you see the picture. There's a, they're on a boat. You know this wasn't Carnival Cruise Lines. This is a little dinghy that they just crossed over with, right? There's not an estate room. and No, it's a little dinghy. They're in the boat. Jesus is tired. He's just been ministering all over to multitudes, healing and preaching and, and sharing and delivering. He's exhausted. Is it okay to say that Jesus is exhausted? He, he gets on the boat. He says, listen, we're going to go to the other side. And he crashes in the back of the boat. So now the windstorm arises. The waves beat the boat so bad that it was filling up. But he was in the stern asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and they said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? They said, bro, we're dying. Do you, don't you care? You're, you're Jesus. You, you cared about all these people. Don't you care? We're dying. Why are you sleeping? It says, then he arose, rebuked the wind, and he said to the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. How many of you know when God speaks into your life, there's a great calm? Anybody ever experienced that? Oh, there's nothing like that feeling. You could be in the middle of the storm. The thunder could still be going. It's still raining harder than ever. The, the car could be floating in, in, in a tsunami. And, but when God speaks to that problem, there's a great calm. And nothing else matters. Amen? So God spoke and there was a great calm. But then he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and they said to one another, who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Now listen, my closest experience to being in a storm at sea was one day I took a trip to Block Island. 
I don't know if any of the people that were with me are here today or if you've been there. Black Island, you, you take a trip, you, you drive three or four hours up to Rhode Island, I believe. You take a ferry boat over to Black Island, right? So me and my wife and, and, and a bunch of friends, we went up. We got there earlier than, than we, were, we thought we would. And so we went across the street and we ordered these big breakfasts because we figured it's going to be another hour before the next boat comes. After we ordered the breakfast, we find out the first boat hasn't left yet. We can still make it. So we're like, yeah, yeah. So we take all our food to go and we get on the ferry. It's just a half hour ferry, I believe, a 30 minute ferry. We get on the ferry, we're excited, we got our breakfast, you know, eggs, bacon, sausage, greasy home fries. And we sit on the deck of this ferry and we start munching. And we're excited and we're eating and eating and eating. Before long, you start to notice that the waters were very choppy that day. And the ferry, all you see is going like this. Non-stop. Repeatedly. Now, if you, if you know me, I can be a passenger in a car. I get, I get nauseous. I, I can drive to Colorado, to California, but I can't be a passenger. If I'm a passenger, I'm a mess. I get car sick very easy. So here I am, belly full of eggs, sausage, home fries, and there's a boat going like this. They tell me, focus, everybody tells me a bunch of tricks. You focus on this, look on something stable, look at this, go underneath, go. Before long, I hate to be graphic about it, but I was in the bathroom praying for death. I, I, I kid you not, I'm not exaggerating. I, I asked God to take my life. You ever been that nauseous? I'm throwing up. I'm, I'm sick. I'm so sick. Breakfast is gone. Yesterday's stuff is gone. I, I'm on the floor in a nasty boat bathroom. I could care less. I'm hugging the porcelain. I'm on the, you know, my feet are on the dirty where people miss all the time. You know what I'm saying? You understand what I'm saying? You get the picture, and you get the picture how none of that matters because I'm so sick, I could care less. I, in between the, the hurdles, I'm praying to God to take my life. Literally. I, I mean, there's nothing like being nauseous. I don't know, if, 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 I don't know how you ladies do it when you, when you have that sickness. Wow, God bless you. But I was, that's the closest that I've ever been. How many thank God that God doesn't answer all of your prayers sometimes? Because that would have been my last day. That's it. Goodbye. I would have died on the boat. My kids would have been fatherless. My fault. I prayed for death. And I was serious. I'm not even saying it as a joke. I was serious. God, take my life. I mean, I was feeling that bad and that sick. But anyway, I get to the other side. Hallelujah. And I buy a pack of Dramamine. I take this Dramamine. I love that stuff. Dramamine br brings about to me the great calm. When you take Dramamine, I don't know if you've ever been sick and you've ever done this, but when you take that, it just solidifies your stomach and it brings about a great calm. 
And I was able to enjoy the rest of the day. See, the Word of God is like dramamine. It, it settles you. It calms you down. It lets you see beyond where you are and lets you enjoy where you're going. Amen? You ever been in a situation like that? Ever been, not a physical storm on the sea or, or in a boat, but a time of your life when, when the great windstorm arose and waves were beating against your boat so that it was filling. Anybody ever been in, in a situation like that? You ever been in a situation where you thought to yourself, this is it, I'm not going to make it past this. I'm not talking about the sea anymore, I'm not talking about a boat. I'm talking about a storm in your life where you said, this is it. I'm not going to see past this. It could have been a sickness. It could have been the sickness of a loved one. It could have been the loss of a loved one. Whatever it is, you, you're in a point where God, I'm not going to make it past this. Anybody ever been in a situation like that? You say, I'm not going to ever, this is never going to blow over. You ever been in a situation where all hell is breaking loose about, around you and you're just saying to yourself, I am never going to survive this. This will definitely be the end of me. Amen, two of you. That's good. Because if you haven't, this word probably isn't for you today. If, if you don't know what it's like to be caught in a storm, if, if you never had a storm blow into your life that you thought would destroy you, then either this is not for you today or maybe you're just still not ready to just be real and let your hair down and, and, and know that it's okay. Let me give you one more. Have you ever been in a situation where things aren't going right? Things are going really bad. They're quickly getting worse. And the one person whom you thought might be able to do something wasn't doing anything. Amen. Has that, ever, has that ever been your prayer? God, don't you care that I'm perishing? God, don't you hear me? God, don't, doesn't it matter to you what's going on in my life? Anybody ever had that prayer? Amen. See, I know there's a lot of us here that have been in that situation. There's a lot of us that might even be in that situation right now. We're sitting in church, but your mind is on the storm. You're sitting in church, but, but you're sitting in the safety of a sanctuary, but your mind is on the rain and the thunder and the lightning, meaning the bills and the kids and the, and the mortgage and the living situation and the relationship and the family situation, and the addiction, and, and that thing that you've been hiding that you think nobody knows, but it's, it's starting to come out. You're sitting in the safety of a sanctuary, but your mind is still on the storm. In other words, your butt is in church, but your mind is on the storm. We might be sitting in church today because that's what we've been taught. But on the inside, we're feeling like God is asleep. Like God doesn't care. We're feeling like we're not going to make it. Like it really doesn't matter to God. We asked God to come into our hearts. He came in, went to the back of the boat, and fell asleep. Has anybody had that experience in their lives? It's okay to be real. And don't think that if you raise your hand, God's going to be mad at you. Some of you are just looking down and saying, no, if I raise my hand, then I'm saying that God fell asleep in my life. No, I said, have you ever been in a situation where it feels like that? God doesn't sleep on you. But certainly sometimes it feels that way, doesn't it? 
Let me refer back to that scripture. Let me, let's point out some things real quick that might help us right now. Because I have to tell you, I've been there. I've been there. And I know that feeling. This message was tough for me because I, I've had to go through storms. I've had to go through a lot of storms. And I know I'm not fooling anybody. You guys don't think that I have it all together and my life is, is, is you know, perfect. If you spend an hour with me, you know that's not true. But I've had to go through storms. And, and so this is tough. But, but because of that, I can share this today. And I can share it with great passion. Because I can share it as truth. Not something I've read, but something I've lived. Do you understand? <clears throat> Jesus says one thing before he grabs a pillow and he lays down his head. He says, let us cross over to the other side. Did you catch that in the, in the story? Now, God is not a man that he should lie. And God doesn't have to tell us anything that's not going to happen. And God's not in the practice of exaggerating. He's not in the practice of, of saying something that he thinks might happen. God is in the practice of being. God is the word, so his word is word. You understand? God is the word, so God's word is the word. His word is truth. Truth is his word. They can't be separated. So God is in, So if God says, let us cross over to the other side, then we're crossing over. Amen? Come on. It might take longer than it should, but we're crossing over. It might not be the way other people got there, but we're crossing over. Come on, am I talking to anybody today? It, it might seem like we're never going to make it, but we're crossing over. There might be some obstacles. There might be some headache. There might be some heartache. There might be some waves and some rain and a full-on tsunami. But if God said we're going to the other side, then we're going to cross over to the other side. Amen? If God is in it, you can trust it. I personally, I think God likes storms because storms bring out the real you. Right? Storms, storms, uh, storms break through all the fronting. No frontadera. Right? Storms bring out the real you. So I believe God likes them because it, it, it shows us. He already knows us. He knows our hearts. He knows the number of hair on our head. For some of you, that's easy. For somebody like me, it's hard. Right? He, he has to know a lot. So he knows us already, but, but storms help us to show us what we're really made of. Amen? See, <clears throat> when a storm hits our life, we find out what we really trust in. When something happens to you, Think about this, don't answer it, don't tell anybody. But when something happens to you, when a storm first arises, who do you call? Don't answer. I'm sure there's a person in each one of your lives that you thought of. And, and I bet you 99% it wasn't God. Come on, am I talking to anybody today? 99% of you thought of somebody and it wasn't God, I bet you it wasn't. So, so when a storm comes into our lives, it helps us to focus who we trust in. It helps us to focus who we rely on, 
who our faith is in. God wants us, he already knows it, he wants us to know it so that we can fix it. And so God allows storms in our lives sometimes to realign our faith. Say amen. And they do, don't they? You ever, you ever been in that kind of storm where you called everybody and nobody could help? You called everybody and everybody had an excuse that day. I can, I won't, I can, I can, I'm here, I'm not there, I'm not there, I'm not there. Yeah, I, and we get mad at all those people, but it was God. We get mad at every excuse that came up, but it was God. Know that it was God. Because God says, look, you trusted in 17 people before me. And I'm the one that could calm the storm. I might have been the one that released the storm. And you called everybody else who can do nothing. All they can do maybe is pick you up out of that storm and bring you to another one. Amen? They, they, can't, they can't stop the storm. They could lift you up and throw you in the car and bring you to another storm. It's still raining over here. We call somebody else. Pick me up. I'll bring me over here. It's still raining over here. I'm, they pick you over here. I'm still depressed over here. They bring you to church. I'm still depressed over here. And you go through the list of everybody that you trust and everybody that you have faith in and everybody you think that can get you out of the storm. And God is saying, I got my finger on the button. Call me. I can stop it. Amen. Amen. See, let's look at this situation real quick. A lot of these guys that were on the boat, they were fishermen. They live their life at sea. They know boats. They know storms. They know weather. They know how to survive that stuff. They've been in storms before. They know how to maneuver, how to anchor down, how to release, how to lift sails, how to drop sails, whatever it is. They, that's their business. They know. That's like me telling a plumber how to fix a toilet. You understand? They know their stuff. But, but here they were at sea, and, and, and then this thing, and, and, and to, to them, you know, the water's getting into the boat, and, and they're, they're, they're stressed out. And God appears asleep at the worst time in their lives. He just wants us to see who we're going to run to. He wants to see how long we're going to try and work it out by ourselves. He wants to see how long we're going to try and figure it out on our own. I've asked so many people, and I've done it myself hundreds of times. I run into a problem, and only after I've tried everything that I knew to do, and then only after I've called everybody that I knew to call that were specialists in this particular area, only after all that have I found myself, I, I never talked to God about it. I never prayed. You know, and sometimes you feel dumb. It's like, God, why should I pray about this situation? This is something I got myself into. I need to get myself out of. Anybody? I can't talk to God about this. This is on the down low. I can't talk to God about this. This is shady stuff. God, God knows the shady stuff. Can you just be real today? God knows you're shady. God knows you're dirty. God knows you're filthy. God knows. And, and like the song says, so what if I'm not worthy? So what if I'm not worthy? I love that song because he has made me clean. 
So I found myself, I've exa- only after I've exhausted every natural resource, and I'm telling you, I've done this hundreds of times, that's when I give up and I call God. And then I wake God up and then I yell at him for not caring. Anybody? After I went through my list, after I called Joe and Julio and Mark and Sal and Manny and after I've called Merck and after I've called Drew and after then, then I call God and I, and I get mad at him because he's sleeping. I yell at him for not caring. And when, and when God could have easily just said, yeah, but you worship Joe. Obviously your source is Julio. Obviously you think Julio is a better carpenter than me. God will say. (laughs) Then at this point, you're too tired and too frustrated to dance in the rain. But but see, when, when the middle, when the first storm hits and you just say, God, I need you. God, you're the source. God, I know that you're in control. Once you release it, then the rain could come, the thunder could come, and you could just dance in the rain because it don't matter because you know it can't affect you. Amen? Lightning could be striking people next to you and you could just keep dancing because you know, you know it's in his hands. Say, God, if you choose to fry me with lightning, then hey, I'm in your hands. To glory I go quicker. Amen? I don't have to worry about the bill anymore. It's, it's paid. They just write, he got fried. Close the account. Hallelujah. Let me point out something else from the scripture here. Jesus wakes up, he rebukes the wind, and he says, peace be still. And there was a great calm. And then he asked them, why are you so fearful? Why, you know, is it that you have no faith? And the word says they don't answer him back, but they answer it to each other. They say, who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? They didn't answer God when he says, who, why are you so afraid? How is it that you don't have any faith? They don't answer him, but they answer him. They answer each other saying, who can this be? And chapter 5 starts, then they crossed over to the other side. Amen? Why do we get so fearful? Why do we lose hope? Why do we panic, even lose our minds in a storm? Could it be because we really don't trust Him? Could it be because we really don't know Him? The disciples at this point didn't really know Him. Because how could they say, who can this be that, the, that the, the, even the wind and the sea obey Him? If you thought He was God, you wouldn't ask that question, right? It would be a different conversation. If the storm came, the boat rocked, maybe you just go and huddle up next to Jesus. So he said, well, at least I know this part of the boat ain't going to die. You know? Or, or it'd be a different situation. It'd be a different conversation. Say, Jesus, the other guys, they're getting a little scared. Because <laughs> the boat is rocking. It's going to fill. I know. But can you just chill it out for a minute? And God could just say, peace be still. And so that the other guys don't get scared. You know? Because I have a relationship. I know who you are. You, you understand? It'd be a different situation. 
So could it be that, that, us, that we don't really know Him? Could it be that we don't really trust Him? Could it be that we don't really... Know, it, the, the fact that we don't know the end result, it, maybe that's what scares us sometimes. How many of you get really scared because you don't know how this thing is going to end up? Right? You don't know, like, I don't know what's going to come out of this. What if, what if in all of this I'm exposed? What if in all of this I'm still left hurt? What if I'm still left damaged? Right? And so the not knowing goes to not trusting goes to, I'll try to figure it out on my own. So what can we learn? What can we apply from that? What, what's the right response in the middle of the storms? There's two things I, wanna, I want you to see here real, real quick. Before, when, when the winds arise and they start beating your boat and when the water is filling up and when you're starting to get nervous, when you're starting to lose your minds, before you try to fix anything, before you try to take control of anything, if God is in this thing, wake Him up. Say amen. Say that's good. If God is in this thing, wake him up. If God is not in this thing, that's a whole other sermon, isn't it? You got yourself in a wrong storm. Find God in that thing and wake him up. Because he's still there, amen? Because God says, where can you go that will separate you from my love? Whether you go to the highest heavens or whether you make your bed in the depths of hell, still my love is there with you, amen? So wherever storm you find yourself in, even if you don't think he's in the boat, wake him up because he's there. So the first thing, go to God in prayer. When the storm is the roughest, don't trust in your boat. Don't trust in your methods. Don't trust in man. Go to the one who can control the storm. Amen? I believe, I believe this, many storms in our lives could have been shorter if we would have just shook Jesus. I believe it. I believe it. I believe some of your storms that have lasted five and ten years, you could have ended them in two. You could have learned what you needed to learn in a year and a half. Say amen. amen. You could have learned what you need if you would have just shook them. Say, it's getting bad. Whoa, boat's filling up. Don't think I'm going to make it. Jesus! Shook them. It, it, you know, you, you, you could have ended it if you just... Now, don't misunderstand me. There are some storms that God himself has thrown you in the middle of, and the only way out is through it. Somebody say, through it. Through it. The longer you run around it, you will be running. The longer, the longer you try to avoid it, you'll still be getting wet. How many of you say amen? amen. The only way through those kind of storms is through it. If you don't let yourself get bitter, and if you don't let yourself stay angry, you'll see the purpose when it's all done. You'll see how things work together for good to those that love God. You'll understand the great calm. The second thing is simply this. When you're in the storm, this is so key. I, I wish everybody would just please hear this. First thing, you need to go to God. It sounds so dumb, right? Like, like, like a stupid thing to learn in church. When the storm hits, go to God. But, but, you know, we always say if common sense were so common, everybody would have it. So I'm just going to put it out there as a point. Go to God. When the storm hits, go to God. When the storm hits, go to God. Go to God. It starts raining, go to God. 
when the lightning, go to God. Even before you hear the thunder and you just see the lightning, go to God. Go to God before the thunder hits. What is it, like three seconds before lightning? Go to God before the thunder hits. Already be, have God awake. So that when God wakes up, he hears the first thunder and he's already working on your, on your case. Amen? The second thing is simply this. Do not allow yourself to be isolated. Choose to surround yourself with men and women of faith. So many times when things happen to us, we pull away from people. We pull away from church. You don't want to be, you, you do not want to be alone during a storm. Amen? And I... I breaks my heart so many times the calls and the letters and the, the thing the people I talk to you don't see them for for weeks and weeks and weeks why because I'm going through a storm if you were going through a storm you're in the wrong place you need to be where you can wake Jesus up you need to be not that God isn't everywhere but but we, we need to surround ourselves with people of faith people of encouraging people of like minds people that 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 miss you people that encourage you people that could just 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 hold on you and pray sometimes and not even say a word right sometimes we talk too much right we just need to hold people and relax let God deal that's alright let God deal with what they're dealing with amen so you don't want to be alone during a storm. Jesus, the ministry of Jesus in the flesh ended in a storm, and that's exactly what Jesus did. This is our second storm. If you turn to Mark chapter 14, that's exactly what Jesus did. He didn't want to be alone. And Jesus was fully God and yet fully man. And so I believe he just did this to show us as an example of how to handle the storm. In Mark 14, 32, Jesus is in the garden of Gethsemane. This is the beginning of the worst storm he is ever going to experience in his life. It says, then he went to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit down here while I pray. Notice, he took with him Peter, James, and John. He didn't take everybody. How many of you know there's some Christians you don't want to be around when you're in the storm? Right? There's some Christians that'll just point out every reason why you're in the storm. There's some people that you get around that will just discourage you. There's some people that you get around that will just weigh you down. So notice Jesus picks three. Doesn't seem to be a good three, but I guess it was the best three of the twelve. <laughs> he picks three that he's closest with. And it says he took with him Peter, James, and John, and, and he began... Listen to this is Jesus' words. He began to be struck with terror and amazement and deeply troubled and depressed. Did you ever think that Jesus was deeply troubled and depressed? That's so not the picture that we paint in church, right? Jesus, Jesus can be troubled and depressed. Jesus can be tired while he's sleeping on the boat. Wake up, you God. See, but he was teaching us how to be, how to be man. He was fully man, he had fully God. He was teaching us how to handle situations. Like when you're exhausted, you need sleep. I mean, you know, you need rest. If your church is making you come out seven nights a week, something's wrong. You need rest. You need time with your family. You need rest. You can't give and give and give and give and give and not be taking anything in. Amen? So it says that he became depressed and he said to them, My soul is exceedingly sad overwhelmed with grief so that it almost kills me 
Jesus is so depressed that he can die. Do you, do you hear that in the text? Remain here, he tells them, and keep awake and be watching. And then going a little further, he fell on the ground and he kept praying that if it were possible, he says, that this fatal hour might pass from me. He was saying, Abba, Father, everything is possible from you. Take away this cup, yet not what I will, but your will be done. He was about to be handed over to be crucified, about to pay the ultimate, to the ultimate humiliation, the ultimate torture, the ultimate death. And he was exceedingly overwhelmed with terror and grief and depression, so depressed that he can die. Anybody ever been there? Jesus is there, and he's saying, God, God, if, if there's any other way that we can make this happen, please let this cup pass from me. You, you got to see the anxiety. Everybody just thinks, well, he just paid. No, he suffered through this thing. He said, if there's any other way, can you let this cup pass from me? His response was, if this be your will, if it will glorify you, if this will bring us closer, if this will bring them closer, then so be it. And then, listen to this, once, once Jesus resolves that there is no other way and that this is the will of the Father... He says, I'll do it. I'll go through the storm even unto death. See, when you submit to do nothing but the will of God, it's only then that you can experience that great calm. And if you read the word from that point on, listen, you won't read about Jesus complaining. You won't read about him whining. You won't read about him making any more excuses or asking again if he can get out of this. Once he resolved that this is your will and this is the only way, he just went through it. Amen? He just went through it for you, for me. He just went through it. No more complaining, no more whining. Church, we need to stop complaining and whining about our situations. Amen? We need to just go to God in prayer. We need to just surround ourselves with people that encourage us when we hit the storm. And we go to God, we surround ourselves, and we say, God, if there's any other way, let it happen. If not, if this is your will, then I'm down with it. Amen? And then shut up. Stop complaining. Stop whining. Do you know that that's not faith? When you say, God, I'll do your will, but then you come over to sister so-and-so and say, oh, but this, but that, but my life, but this, but God, I don't know what God, and you're talking, and then when she leaves, you come over to sister so-and-so, oh, but you don't know what God is putting me through, but God, shut up, amen? Know that you're in God's will, bring it to God, release it to him, and shut up, amen? You will save yourself hours and weeks of torture and, and torment, because if God is in this thing, we're going to get to the other side. Amen? Oh, yeah, I don't believe that. <coughs> From that point on, he just experienced the great calm. So what does God say to us in the middle of our storm? Listen, there are so many verses, so many promises, and I encourage you to read and search and find every one in your word. Don't wait for me to give them to you. They don't mean as much. When you find them and you go into God's word and you go to read, you say, God, man, I don't know what's going on in my life. Ah, let me just do this, this weird thing that people do with the Bible and just speak to me and open it. God has honored that prayer so many times. Amen. Amen. Look, some of us, some of us do it as a habit. 
God, speak to me. And drop the Bible. And Judas hung himself. <laughs> you got to be careful with that stuff. But God will speak to you. So go through his word and just find his promises because there's so many promises that he has for you and for me. And once you know that promise, then you know that that promise is yours. Amen? You know that that promise is for you. And so you know no matter what happens, come hell or high water, I'm going to get to the other side. Amen? But I just want to give you one. There's so many promises, but I want to leave you today with just one. And it's one verse that if you would receive it, if you would believe it today and allow it to speak to you, you will experience the peace that surpasses all understanding. You will have that great calm today. The verse is this. It's in Hebrews 13, 5, and I'm reading it from the Amplified, and it says it this way. For he, God, himself has said about us. I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. The NIV says, I, won't, I will never leave you nor forsake you. But the Amplified paints is such a better picture. I will not, 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 three, in any degree leave you helpless nor forsake you. Somebody needs to receive that today. Nor will I let you down, nor will I relax my hold on you. Assuredly not. God says, I will not leave you without support. I will not fail you. I will not relax my hand on you. For some of you, that's not even a good thing right now. Because you've been trying so hard to run from God. You've been trying so hard to get away from God. And God's promise is still true to you. He's saying, I will not relax my hold on you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Stop trying to run from me. I got you and I'm not letting you go. I want you to watch this clip. Kill these lights and watch this clip. We're closing with this, I promise.
Coast Guard conducted one of the largest search and rescue missions for a single man in its history. But the body of Senior Chief Ben Randall was never found. What makes a legend? Is it what someone did when they were alive? Randall never was much for this sort of thing. Or how they're remembered after they're gone. Some people actually believe Senior Chief made the swim to the Aleutian Islands. He's standing on a distant beach somewhere with a fishing pole in his hand. But I found my answer a couple weeks later. He was there. He was with me the whole time. He said he would hold on till help arrived. He never let go. legend of a man who lives beneath the sea. He's a fisher of men, a last hope for all those who have been left behind. He's a fisher of men, a last hope for those that have been left behind. See, Kevin Costner in this movie is a picture of Jesus. Knowing that this storm would lead to his death, he willingly accepted it. Because he knew that by letting go of his life, he would gain life 
for all of us. And he knew that from that moment on, he would never have to be separated from God again or from us again. No matter what you're in the middle of right now, I want you to know that God said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will never let you go. Let's bow our heads for a moment. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Father, thank you, Lord. Thank you for letting go, Lord God, so that you would never have to let go again. Thank you, Lord God, for paying that price. Thank you for, for, for taking that death for us, Lord. Father, some of us here today, are, are we're in the middle of, our, of a situation where we just think this is the end of life. We're at the end of our rope. We're hanging on and, and we don't even think we're going to make it. The rope looks like it's going to break. It doesn't look like it'll ever get us back to safety. We're out in the middle of nowhere. But I thank you, God, that you brought them here today. And I believe that, that they're here today for a reason. That you brought them here today because in the middle of that storm, you want to let them know that you don't want to deliver them from the storm, but you want to deliver them through the storm. You want them to know that you are right there in the midst of that storm. If that's you today, would you just... Let's be bold. If that's you, would you just stand? Would you just say, God, that's... That's me. That's me. I'm, in, I'm holding on. I'm holding on. I don't know if this thing is ever going to even bring me to safety, but I'm holding on. I want you to hear those words, and I just want to speak to the storm in your life right now. Listen to this. Peace be still. Peace be still. I speak to each and every storm that's represented here right now. And I, and I use the words of Christ who is in me, who is in us. And I speak with that spirit and I say, peace be still. And I pray right now that the, the peace that surpasses all understanding, that that would just come upon you, that you would start to see God's hand, that you would know that this is not a coincidence. It's not a by choice thing. You, you, God brought you here today to hear that I know you're in the storm, but I'm in the boat with you. Today by standing you're saying, Jesus... Would you wake up? Would you let me know that you're awake? Would you let me know that you're in control? Would you let me know that, yes, we're going to get to the other side? And today Jesus says, yes. Yes. I am your deliverer. I'm the great I am. Whatever you need me to be, that's what I am. And I'll bring you to safety. I'm, I'm working some things out in your life. I'm working some things through. I'm, I'm cutting some dependencies that you have. 
I'm teaching you to rely on me. I'm teaching you to seek me. I'm teaching you to trust me. Because no one will love you like I love you. No one will protect you like I protect you. No one cares for you like I care for you. I care so much that I let go so that I would never have to let go again. I'm going to ask you guys to just come forward. I'm going to ask the prayer team to come around this, these, this crew. And I don't want you to speak anything to them. I don't want you to even pray and, and say things to them. Let God do what He needs to do. I just want the prayer team and those on staff here, if you would just come and stand with some people. Don't pray. Don't, don't give a prophetic word. Don't say a word. Just come and stand with some people. And let them know that you're standing with them. Let them know that, that like Jesus went into the, to the garden and he asked three to come with him. Let them know that you're one of those three. That you're standing with them. And you're just there to encourage them. You're just there to, to, to love on them. Jesus. Jesus. Go ahead and just stand with somebody. You can put a hand on them. You can hug them. I'm just asking that you don't, you don't speak anything to them. Take your hand and walk with you to the chair that you have. Just close your eyes and just, just let see God in the middle of that storm. See God in the middle of that storm and see that even like right now you're not alone. See that someone's standing with you. Make sure nobody's standing alone. Come on, church. Don't let anybody stand alone. I declare over you the enemy's camp tonight is not fearful of the generation. Puffed up with Christian pride. But a childlike generation only knows how to do is hold on. I want to hold on to your father. Thank you for supporting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We are a new and growing church with a passion and a heart towards enjoying God, serving people, and building healthy families. We pray that you will continue to fellowship and grow with us as we follow hard after God. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.sanctuaryfellowship.org. God bless.